You're listening to Who Wears the Pants. This is Mike. I'm Chris. And Chris, what do we talk about on this bullshit show? We talk about relationships. Like love. Sex. Butt stuff. Rock and roll. Anal. All of it. Beads. Yeah. Hot Wieners. Yeah. Love. <laughs> death. Family. <laughs> kids. Friends. We talk about all of it, all relationships, whether it is a paternal relationship or an intimate relationship or a friendship. There it is. I was going to say, there's no way that that blip on your phone got picked up by the microphone. No, it was still infuriating that it yeah. happened. You know, it, agreed. It was. It was. Oh, my God. I don't know what I did to my chair, Chris. So you adjusted it. <laughs> well, I did, but I also made it. I made the front. Okay, okay. I've got it. You get Chris, it. Chris bought these. I mean, the they're they're more complicated than a vagina. I mean, these chairs yeah. are complex, and we spent ten minutes trying to figure out how to raise it up and down because my chair was too low for someone of my height, even though I am short. Yeah, I uh, I love the chairs though. I do I, very much like the chairs. It's so weird, like uh, shopping for furniture for the studio was that was one of my biggest concerns and when we started like actually purchasing furniture items for this place we were going to do one of those like lounge areas and that was going to be the podcast studio so it was going to have just basic fucking you know chairs and shit like that and like uh in tables and the mics were going to connect to the end tables, and then we were going to sit at chairs. And I was like, "I want a table there." Yeah, no, I like I like the table. I like your rig. I like these chairs. I just find them to be overly complicated. You need some kind of degree to know how to work them. Yeah, I don't get. We it. can accident how to work them, okay? But we can't know. Yeah. Now I will concede significantly more comfortable than a stool, right? Yeah. Very, very much more comfortable. Lumbar support, neck support. I mean, the whole nine yards, ergonomic, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But it's like any technology. I'm just too old for it. it, it, it I just don't get it. That's, you know, so I was going to do video with this one. And uh, my the there's a little piece that connects my camera to my tripod. It's missing. I don't know where the fuck it went. Brutal, right? Um, so I'm like, okay. It screws into the bottom. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay, now I can't put the camera on the tripod without the risk of losing a very expensive investment. So looks like this one's not getting videoed. So now I think when I when we're done here, I'm supposed to go grocery shopping. I think I'm going to buy a new tripod so that I can actually set my shit up. Sounds like an excellent plan. In the future, if that is something that you want to do, I, of course... This is, I'm sure, riveting for the listener, but I can bring my camera over as well. You should. Um, yeah. Have you done any video on it yet? Uh, video, no. Photography, yes. In fact, I've been doing some uh, some very frustrating self-education on Photoshop. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's brutal. Are you I, using, you bought actual Photoshop, I have right? actual Photoshop. So with video editing, I uh, I had people telling me, use this, use that, use this, use that. Um I'm too fucking stupid to use Blender. I'm just going to put that out there. I'm way too fucking stupid to use Blender. It is for animating things. You can edit video in it. I am not sound enough 
mentally to do it. I'm too fucking stupid. I I lack the competence to effectively navigate the software. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's just this one. So then I get Lightworks. Now, Lightworks is one that they use to cut movies like Inception and stuff like that. So it gives professional quality to like a normal person. Well, I'm too fucking stupid to use that one. And I basically, I ran into this thing that if it's not like a mobile editor or Windows movie editor, I'm too fucking stupid to use it. And I don't care to learn. Like, that's the whole reason I haven't put video to podcasts yet. Yeah, because it's a tremendous amount of effort pain to learn. fucking yet. dick. And it's hard. Now that you're, you're older, your brain's not as good as it used to be. And My neuroplasticity is way down. Wow. Well, you can still say neuroplasticity. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I could, I've got, I've got like four things that I can say that are remotely impressive. And then the rest of it is just full blown stupidity and hate speech that comes out of my mouth. And that's it. But that's not what we're here for today. No, no. I, so I've been, uh, I, I am, I can't go so far as to say that I am a devotee. Um, or a zealot for Rick and Morty, but I consume a lot of Rick and Morty in the same episodes over and over. And I go back and I look in episodes where they have little hints for this thing that yeah. led to that thing and whatever. I very much enjoy it. But the relationship with Beth and Jerry is fascinating because it reminds me a lot of my parents, two people who got together, right? Yeah. One one of whom who is desperately in love with the other and one who is resentful that they got pregnant so early, right? And watching <laughs> them try to work it out, right? And it got me to thinking about relationships and reasons why people stay, both in terms of why does someone stay in a relationship that is abusive or not good? Also, what are the things in your relationship that put their thumb on the scale that encourage you to stay when a situation is not ideal? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of what it got me to thinking, right? And so I just thought, why are the reasons that people stay in a relationship that's not great, right? From the perspective of, I mean, there are people who are in both male and female yeah. that are in abusive relationships. And a lot of that has to be, a lot of that has to do with being broken psychologically, right? Sure. Some trauma occurred to you in your childhood and you don't feel that you have worth or value and that no one's going to love you or treat you as well as this monster is treating you, which is not true. You're, you're damaged, for thinking that way and you need help, right? But people justify things. I mean, guys, I know men who have been, who have stayed in relationships that are still in relationships with monstrous people, right? Who are just, just mean, snide, petty. Fucking resentful just, ass people. Yeah, just mean, mean people. And I just wonder, well, dude, why? Are you bucking there? If you have to hide what you enjoy, right? Like you can't buy the comic books that you want to buy or the toy soldiers that you want to buy, not because you can't afford it, but because your wife looks down on it. Dude, you're, you're in the wrong spot. You're in the wrong relationship. It, so it's hard. Like that's a hard one. 
there right, is pussy, right? No, I get no, it. No, no, no. There's, it, there's this whole, like you, you have to grow up. You have to grow up and it can't be like my life cannot revolve around fucking toys and comic books and games. That's entirely not true. There are, there are industries built to accommodate that you can, ex- you can absolutely get a job working in those industries. It's just a challenge. I'm not denying that there's not a market for it because there is. The thing that I'm saying is I can't just make believe all the time. Does that make sense? You can't. I can't just play games all the time. I can't just, I can't fuck off all the time. Sure. Well, uh, okay. And, and the average person cannot do that. Cannot. Sure. sure, because you have to generate income. Well, not just income. But you have to you have to do real life. You have to Why? Cl- you have to pick up around the house. You have to make sure that the cars are still running. You have to make sure that you can go to the grocery store to get food. You can you know any number of things. You have to make sure that things are moving. So like if if somebody is just so disconnected from reality that as a partner you're constantly having to peel them away from f- frivolous bullshit, then yeah, you know what. You need to you need to be the one looking inside and trying to figure out okay what can what can I do better to be a better human. Now, if you're with somebody that's just a naggy, awful, miserable fucking person, I don't think they're like that. Just doesn't want you to have any fun at all. Well, then what? The, yeah, what's the point? No, I understand your distinction about putting frivolous things away, but entertainment is a big part of our culture. It's something significant that we consume, right? Mm-hmm. So we live in a consumer culture. We consume entertainment. There's no difference than if you are into something like, say, football, and your spouse doesn't ever provide you the opportunity to enjoy the football game, yeah. you know, because they're always interrupting you or they're always doing this thing or that thing. Or if you have a book club or a wine club that is exclusive to your friends and your spouse is constantly interfering no, there, with that you, thing. You have to you have to have some things that you enjoy. Right. So you have to find that you have to absolutely find that balance. For me, I guess where I take umbrage is that if your entertainment is deemed childish by somebody else, they can fuck right off. Yeah, I don't I don't particularly give a shit what anybody thinks about the shit that I do. Right. Um, it was so funny. So I went, last night I went out with some of the folks that I work with and uh, we were playing pool and drinking. Now, I played Yahoo pool when I was a teenager. So like you would go to yahoo.com, click games, click pool. And they had this like virtual pool thing and you would play against somebody else on the other side of the planet. I got decent at it. And uh, when I go play pool, I look at it like it's this fucking video game, and I'm better at pool because of it. Right. You have a better understanding of yeah. the math. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I'm asking everybody, I'm like, did, did you play Yahoo pool in school? And they're like, no, dude, I was busy getting laid and shit like that. And I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? I've, I've had people say, I'm like, oh, have you read this and they're, or watched this? And they're like, no, it's fucking kid shit. And I'm like, what do what do you enjoy in life then? Like, is there anything that makes you happy, or is that just kitty bullshit? Because you're going to fucking die someday, and if you, if you spend your entire life not enjoying any part of life, 
Well, that sucks, dude. That fucking sucks bad. Why would you want to do that? Sure. Well, and, and you know, dude, why abandon escapism, right? Whatever your escape is, as long as you're not harming yourself or others, who fucking cares? Leave people alone. Just I, let them do their thing. Yeah, I, I, I do think, I think it's a balancing act. Right. But I'm, I'm simply saying that for me, an yeah. absolute deal breaker I could not be with somebody who shits on my hobbies. If anybody shit on my hobby, yeah, I just wouldn't have them around. Right. That, like, you're not acceptable to me as a partner. Well, sure. I know plenty of people in the gaming hobby where that is exactly their situation, where they have to hide the amount of money they spend, where they have to hide the products that they bring in or that, you know, that they, that they bring into the house regardless of the amount of money that they spent for them. I think hiding the money that you spend is normal. In a lot of relationships. Really? I do. I do. But I guess, I I mean, there is a distinction between not keeping an accurate accounting, right? Like, if my wife asked about my my bank account, I would show it to her. Like, I don't care. Yep. Right? But by the same token, you know, we've got a, a, a firm understanding about as long as bills are getting paid and that's getting taken care of and this is getting taken care of. We really don't stress too much about it right that's how it should be but most people aren't like that so some people say hold on so we could have another 200 dollars in the bank right now if you wouldn't have gone out and bought 37 rune wars figures or what have you 37 new toy soldiers right grow the fuck up right what and then, well, sure, but then the counterpoint to that is how many pairs of slacks do you have? And I know that I'm an old person for saying slacks, but how many pair, how many sweaters are in the closet? Right? Sure. And what is, what is the distinction if I have more soldiers and you have more sweaters? Like, who cares? What's the difference? Uh, we both are doing something that we enjoy with our money and time. I'm not somebody that gets butthurt about how money's spent at all. Tara and I used to have some issues with that because she didn't like how money was being spent. And I was like, you know what? If I make a lot of fucking money right. and the bills are paid, you don't get to say shit to me about it. Yeah. Um, And if you want to do something, well, it benefits you too because fucking spend my money. I don't give a shit. Like, it's replenishable. It's not forever. And, like, time is the only finite thing that we have. So enjoy some of your time. Right. You know? So... That, yeah, I, yeah, I could not be with somebody that was not supportive of, uh, of my nerdy shit. Yeah, and I'm not condoning that you squander. I'm simply saying that, you know, you there's you, people that are just negative about it. They look down on it yeah. as a whole, and you think that it's not fair to the yeah. other person. Yeah, that is something that I could not survive in a relationship, regardless of how fun and attractive and sexual my partner might be, I could not put up with that level of derision. I can't. But you could put up with an affair. Yeah, for sure. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, constantly writing me about what I enjoy? Fuck, no way. Uh Uh-uh. Wow. So, because you had mentioned something going into the show. Well, sure. So I was was thinking about Rurik and Morty and, well, basically Jeff and... What uh, makes people stay? Beth and Jerry specifically and and, and what makes people stay in their relationships, right? And I mean, not that I was taking an accounting of my relationship because I, I didn't need to do that. I know why I stay. I know what my relationship is about. 
but I was thinking about their fictional relationship and what is it about them? You know, and in, in, at its heart, I mean, they do love each other, despite the fact that it is wickedly codependent and dysfunctional. They have a mutual affection that is worth putting up with all of their garbage. And I just thought, okay, well, what is it there? What is in their relationship besides the children, besides love and besides convenience? And is love enough to keep people together? I don't think that it is. Is love enough? Yeah, I think it depends on what the other mixture of shit is. Yeah, because, I mean, you can have great love and affection for somebody who is unhealthy or unhealthy for you, right? You can still love them and not be in a relationship with them and not want to be in that relationship, right? Yeah, I mean, I suppose you could. But what what outside of that relationship is better in most cases? I'm not saying, like, stay in a shitty, abusive relationship or anything like that. But, like, I don't like the way you brush your teeth. Sure. There's little things that you do that annoy the piss out of me. Well, guess what? Yeah, suck it up. If I meet another human person and I decide to pursue a relationship with them, it's going to be a different set of shit that yeah. annoys me. And, like, I, okay, am I actually upgrading? Like, is it a real upgrade at that point? No. Not at all. So I, I think that P, I think acceptance and complacency and whatever sort of I think acceptance, splitting you want to do. I don't think I would call it complacency. I think I would call it acceptance. I, I disagree completely. I think that I think that people do both. I think that some people accept I love this person despite their flaws and we're together and they're my partner and I'm gonna be with them. But I also think that people just become complacent in the routine and it is easier to not rock the boat. I think when you're I think when you're super super complacent, I think most of those people are super fucking depressed. Like I've I've not met a lot of people that are just okay with what's happening that aren't I don't that, Sure, you power that through, aren't, right? That aren't you're, wildly fucked up. Yeah. Like I I don't I I couldn't I could not do that. I could not do that at all. I think I'm I'm too high strong to do that, I guess. To just be complacent? Yeah, yeah. Well, like, because you get fat sometimes, okay? And when I say you get fat, like, you get, you become accustomed to eating or to a certain thing. So, like, when you get fat, it's really easy to stay fat because you're like, ah, but you get lazy. So the thing that you did that allowed you to get fat changes. You're not doing it anymore. So then you get hungry again. Like, this is something that we talk about in sales. So a guy will come out, they'll have a good month, they'll make a bunch of money, they get fat, and then they have a shit month after that. And they're like, well, what the fuck happened? Well, dude, you got you got fat. You didn't do the shit that fed you the first time, and now you're, now you're hungry again. I think people do that in relationships for sure. Um, the level to which it's done, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I know. People, though... I mean, is forceful and ham-fisted as, as this is going to sound, people literally get fat, right? People in relationships yeah. put on comfort weight. For right? sure, for sure. But, but I also think that people build and retain complacency weight, that it is just easier 
to be in this relationship that is mediocre or even that I'm unhappy with because it is easier than because I don't want adversity outside of well, because I gotta I gotta figure out when do I see my kids and the how much devil money that do I, I get. know is better than yeah, the devil that I don't. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if we get divorced, there's all this stuff we gotta do. Well, right? so you you brought you brought one up. I think kids are a big thing that keep people together. They probably shouldn't be together. I think kids are always going to be one of the big things. Stay together for the kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So I think that's one that I think my parents. I think together. my parents for a time thought that was a good idea, but I believe that that time was very short-lived. I, I, people get to be fucking unbearable. I don't know. It takes it takes a lot of fucking guts to terminate a relationship. Yeah, for sure. Um, it also, d- depending on the circumstances, it, it can also just take a really self-centered person. I can do better than you. Sure. Okay. Do it, pussy. Uh, I, I know, I know that it's not, it's nothing, it's nothing unique. But uh, I, I really do sort of like the 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 new wokeness of people saying that pussy, vagina, and all that stuff. That because they're so resilient and powerful, and as Betty White put it, able to take a pounding, that we should revere them as something strong and powerful, and that we should not mock, we should not call weakness pussy. Now, I'm not. You do you, boo. I just think. It's yeah, I'm gonna. I'm not going to advocate telling other people how to use words because oh, that am. is a direct violation of their freedom of speech. I, I am. I'm going to tell you precisely how, when to speak. Chris. I will tell people not to say that to me, but <laughs> you, that is that is complete ego at that point. You, you, you. That's a, that's a dictation, right? That it really is, a, is. You don't talk to me that way. Yeah. You don't say that. I told the dog the other day, I was walking the dog, and he started pulling. He was being a real prick. And I was like, you don't fucking pull me. And I was like, he has no idea what that means. Like, that is just the most egocentric thing I could say to this cunt of a dog who's just being retarded. I, uh, and I'm sure it's annoying to the universe, but I routinely, I mean, I very regularly talk to my dog. Did you get my message the other day? About I saw you walking your dog. I literally drove right fucking past oh, you. Oh yeah, I did. I did get yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. did. I tried calling you. Because you were like, Who's that who's that weird old homeless person? In the in the in fucking Ravenclaw scarf, scarf yeah. yeah. And I was like, in that fat fluffy puppy. Yeah. That, no, that shit was funny. Is, he is the fluffiest of puppies. But yeah. you know, I I I don't I don't know. I don't think that there's anything Well, okay. Can I stay through an affair? Well, of course, right? Because I have. But I, I guess what, what I'm saying is that there, anything that I could go, I could live through just about any betrayal, not any, but almost any betrayal, if there was sincere remorse and an effort to reconcile right okay that that's that's easy enough to do but for me if you just compound little annoyances and and there's never any that's far more egregious to you yeah well if they just keep piling up and piling up i'm i'm a much more (laughs) death by a thousand cuts i mean you could put a knife in my back and i'm like i might be able to survive that but you just nitpick at me like that you just needle and needle and needle and eventually i'm gonna have to i'm just the opposite wow i'm just the opposite i can deal with the little bullshit 
No, I don't. I don't want it. Yeah, I can deal with a little bullshit, but you do something fucking big. It's on. Yeah, like I'm in the kitchen. I'm doing dishes. I'm putting dirty dishes, cleaning them in the sink. You know, basically rinsing them before they go into the dishwasher. Yeah. Don't don't put the dish on the landing behind me. Just just walk it over to the sink, please. You know, but did you just forget about the dish? Like, I'm not doing anything like this, like what's going on. Like, the only thing you have to do is just move three more feet to pass. Give it to me! Give it to me! Put it in his hand! <laughs> you call yourself his. But you had point. sex with somebody, whatever, fine, I'll get over it. But just give me the goddamn glass. Put it in my <laughs> hand. Now, if you fuck somebody and you don't put it in my hand, I'm going to kill you. So, that is the situation, right? That's where dealing with adversity in your relationship has become challenging because my wife and I are now at the point where we're both so afraid to hurt the other one's feelings. We're both working so hard to try to take the other person's feelings into consideration that we're both like walking on eggshells. And that is its own that's its own hell. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. that that is something that I really had not expected to have to go through is determining new boundaries on what our relationship is because it's no longer the thing that it was and I've grieved it, I've mourned it, yada yada yada, but now it's getting kind of redefined and that part is hard. It's weird. Yeah, I mean I was talking to Memory the other day and I was like, "Look, maybe we should go back to the marriage counselor." Not because I want to leave. I, I by by no means, I but but I, I think at this point maybe I need help navigating, right? I you know. It's so funny like when uh when we don't do the show, it fucks up the rest of my week. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know how. But there is something borderline therapeutic about it. And I think, I think just speaking to another person and putting the words out there so that you know what you think and then you can make sense of it is right. the thing that actually helps. Yeah, I absolutely am a sounding board person. Yeah. You know, whether... Whether I'm spitballing myself and basically just talking to a wall and, and, and trapped in my own head, or I'm doing, you know, sort of pseudo talk therapy like we do here, like we're doing today, I, I, I do definitely, my thought process is stronger when I have someone kind of helping me muddle through. Well, I mean, yeah, I think that I think that's pretty normal. I think that's really normal. Is it because it makes me feel very stupid? No, no I so I feel stupid. I can't perform basic functions. Okay, like basic functions. Like I'll, I'll start doing something and I'll walk like away wiping from your it. own tight little butthole. Yeah, no, I'll start something and I'll walk away from it and totally forget about it. Or somebody will say something to me and I'll forget it two seconds later, um, and I'll be doing something else. For you, it's just it's giving order to an uh, to a chaotic amount of thoughts right like you have a lot of thoughts because you're intelligent it's not because you're dumb you can't think a lot of things when you're dumb and then you're you're you have the wherewithal to understand that i have to make sense of these thoughts so that's another sign of intelligence and then it's just actually saying what those thoughts are so that you can start to put them in order is really the only thing that you need help with. And I think that's normal. Now you're going to make me all blushy. Well, you could write it down too. Yeah, I, I do. I don't keep a journal 
because I'm not a pussy. But <laughs> <laughs> because you're not resilient. <laughs> I do not. I do not have the. I do not have the resilience and ability to take a pounding. Um, I don't have those qualities to journal. But God damn it! Now I forgot what I was going to say. You don't journal because you're not a pussy. No, but I was, but, but I, I mean, I do, I do like to write. I do write stuff down. I even started doing some research about purchasing an intellectual property um, for my own personal edification, but it turns out that it's just not going to happen. Um, it, the process, it's fascinating. The absolute, I mean, to buy a, an RPG campaign system yes. that is almost 20 years old for an edition of Dungeons and Dragons that nobody plays anymore. Still looking at six figures. I mean, no I shit. I don't think it ever made six figures in, in sales ever. Like, but I mean, just to have the property because what happens is it gets bound up in all these different licensing agreements, right? Mm. Because, well, now we're delving into my show, not this show. But just, I'm fascinated by the value of intellectual property and why companies hold on to it just like, just, just like, just greedy dragons. Just, they just hoard intellectual property and what a struggle it is to get intellectual property out of their hands and why. So, I, I, I can tell you why. I can tell you why. So, like, let's say, you bring something new and exciting into the world. People are like, "Oh my god, you guys are almost thirty minutes in, and you hadn't you hadn't had a tangent, not one." Then and here I know it is. we were doing so intellectual good. property. So then everybody, and why the Chinese are fucking monsters because they they steal they do intellectual steal. property. They're cunts. Um, anywho, so you have this you have this thing that you created, and then, and it starts off as maybe a system or something like that. Okay, or let's say it's Mickey Mouse. We'll use Mickey Mouse for example. So you've got this thing, this thing that you created, and it's used by you. Well, some piece of shit will see your idea and steal it. That's why we have IPs. Okay, because somebody else could literally take your character and make him fucking aardvark and... Like the most dominant military and economy on Earth. Yeah. They could just take everything. They could, and... It would be like anybody could do that with your character or your logo or whatever whatever it happened to be, whatever the IP is. Um, so, you, yeah, I mean, I understand why they exist, but the, the procurement of them is kind of surprising to me. Yeah. Like actually getting it and making it yours. Like, why? yeah, if it's it – it, they, they have to be borrowing aspects of it for something else. Right. So I've been, I've been discussing this <laughs> with uh, – actually invited him on the, to be on my podcast, Why We Game – but uh, I've been going back and forth via email with a guy about it. I, I knew it was going to be a complicated and expensive process. I had no idea that it was going to be as ugly and convoluted, costly, and time-consuming. So are you, get, are you buying it? No, no, it's not going to happen. There's no way. Yeah, there's no way. How much are they asking? Uh, I don't know. I just have the agent's speculation. But he said that it would be a six-figure prospect. Good. Let's fucking buy it. I don't have six figures to buy an intellectual property. We can pretend we have it. We can, we can't. We can buy it with lies. Yeah. Well, I, I if I could buy it with lies, Chris, then why don't we I'm write interested. one of those rubber checks? 
Ooh, I like those rubber shacks. I like them. I they, like them. You know. Now, now, sort of in, indulging my fantasy of trying to pursue intellectual property and do podcasting or not kill myself or figure out what it is that I'm, I'm doing with my life and this ugly midlife crisis that I've been having for a year or so, my wife is very indulgent about that, right? I mean, she... in she's put up with a lot in our life and our relationship that other people would not put up with. Um, and sometimes I wonder what it is, what value it is that I bring to the relationship that allows her to offset all the other garbage. That Charisma I do. score of about 58. No, I wish that were true. If that were true, then I would be, I'd be slamming bitches. Like I would be like, <laughs> if I had a charisma score that high, I would be like Justin Timberlake, right? Like I would be in a loving relationship with Jessica Biel and the envy of all creatives everywhere. That's not how that's not how charisma works though. It's not. It's not. So generally with charisma, you've got like one or two things that you're just exceptional at. So some people are like they're just very seductive. Right. And that's where their charisma gets them. Some people other people just gravitate towards you're one of those people. Everybody loves you. That's not true. Except for, except for those that are afraid of words. <laughs> like if somebody has a fear of words, then yeah, no, they really don't like you. Um, but in real life, like I've not met somebody that disliked you. So if you if you actually meet me in person and know me and spend time with me, sure. However, if your exposure to me is only through digital media, you probably think I'm a cunt. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I I never knew you through I, that medium. You know what yeah, I mean? I, I used to care. No, you can't care. Yeah, right, 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 right. No, 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 dude, you're you're absolutely I mean, that was a big that was a big hang up for a big hang up for me. Um, and I don't know. I don't want to say, I don't want to say that I hit rock bottom, but I certainly want to say that I think I understand what rock bottom is. And I think rock bottom is feeling your feet underneath you firmly for the first time in a very long time and seeing the world with a clarity, um, you know, a, a, a rare clarity that that you've you, you've been the self imposed fog or haze you've been in. You know, you can kind of stand up and see through it for the first time. I think I, I I get that, and it has certainly helped me to get out of my own way to some degree, so I can be more productive. But for a long time, I just I felt lost. I, you know, the world is shut down. I can't go to conventions. I can't have guests face-to-face, which is really the way I excel in doing an interview. It's, just, it's all been so depressing and challenging, and I think I might be crawling my way out of it. Maybe th- not. You probably are if you recognize it. Like, I, I think a lot of people are really, really struggling with uh, how the world is right now. Yeah, it's hard. It's fucked up. It's not even it's not even that it's hard. What's the easiest thing to do in the world? Nothing. The easiest thing to do is nothing. So like is it easy to fucking sit and be nothingness and bask in this nothingness and do nothing? Yeah, it's real easy. It's fucking destructive to your psyche though. Right. And like that's the thing that's really hard because you were made to be social. 
You were made to read the faces of other people, but everybody's face is covered now. Like it's it's fucking bizarre. Yeah. It's not okay. Yeah, I hate it. No, it's not okay. And like, dude, I'm in a sales job. I can crack a joke and not know if my joke is breaking through or somebody might not know that I'm joking. Right. Because you've covered my face. Like you taken away my weapon here, which is being able to smile and recognize yours. That's a big deal. So like I, I do think that it's this has been awful for a lot of people and I think it's been psychologically damaging for most individuals. Right. Um are there people that are still hanging out? And I mean we 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 still do some social things, but even like going going to the grocery store feels like a trip now. Right. You remember when it didn't? No. You remember when it was like a chore? It was. But now it's a now it's a trip. It's it it's a it's a chip. It's a it's a chore trip. It's a, sure you know. sure, but it, like it's just so fucking different, man. And like I've I've not like personally, I have not been a depressed person ever in my life. But I have felt depression mm-hmm. since this shit has been going on. I, I think that in a couple of decades, we are going to look back and be ashamed at how terribly this was handled in the United States, both globally. They from, should be ashamed of how from, this was from both done. perspectives. Yeah. This is, no, this is it, it. The whole thing is shameful. Yeah. The whole thing is shameful. Well, and it's, and it's amazing too, because I, I was listening to a study this morning. They were saying that uh, currently, and it makes a lot of sense because they're shut down. Restaurants are responsible for like 1.4% of COVID spread. Inside your house is 70%. 70% of the COVID spread is happening inside your house. Yeah, because you oh. invite somebody over? Because you're because that's where the people are. Because you can't the disease socialize is spreading outside of it. where the people are is yeah. my point. The disease isn't spreading at the restaurants because the people aren't there. The disease isn't spreading at schools because that's aren't that's where the people are not. The disease is spreading in your house. Because that's where people are. You're leaving your house to go to the grocery store to see people. You're getting in a fucking airplane to fly across the country to see other people in their houses. Of course. So whether it's in your house or in your rest, this thing spreads. It spreads regardless of lockdown. It it spreads. And we need to consider handling it differently. What's It's not, people aren't dropping dead in the street from it. As we were told when this started, that's not happening. The the bodies. Do you, do you, do you remember the imagery of people oh, yeah. literally yeah. falling down and dying that I was do. coming the, over from China? Yeah, that doesn't fuck it. It doesn't happen. Do people die from it? Yes. Right. Yes. From complications of it. Yes. Uh, almost all those times they get hooked up to a fucking ventilator first. Right. Um, the ventilator is the death sentence here. To the best of my knowledge, you have like a fifty percent chance of living if you get put on the ventilator. Yeah, I I don't know I don't know the math on that stuff. Yeah. So the ventilator part's the thing that scares me. Yeah. Almost everybody that has serious complications are vitamin D deficient. Okay, so fuck. Well, it. you know, we we in America we have they 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 tout that we have the worst numbers in the world, and and that I think arguably is because we are the fattest laziest 
most diabetic country in the world. Mm -hmm. Where does vitamin D come other than supplements? Being out in the goddamn sun. Yep. Right? So you have fat people who consume too much sugar, who live in their houses addicted to their screens, and we're surprised that we have this disease more than other places. Fuck. Come on, man. What? They also did something really weird with this too, though. Like, people were getting in car accidents and dying, and that was being recorded as a death. Yeah, no, that... That's fucked. Again, there's that's a subject that I find fascinating, but I'm very ignorant on, is all of the misattribution of COVID. Like, my brother and I were joking the other day. I was like, where's Ghislaine Maxwell, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and he goes, she got two COVIDs to the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's what it's like. It's so fucking bizarre. Yeah. And we're okay with it. Yeah. And then we pretend that that's a real number. Yeah, I just, I just don't, I, I just don't care about that stuff anymore. I don't. And and I will say this: you, know, my wife and I, we will have our differences, our disagreements about politics and things. But when it comes to the coronavirus, it doesn't matter which group to whom we're speaking. We are always the crazy people. So. We, we either take it way too seriously or we don't take it seriously enough. It really? doesn't matter what crowd we're in. Yeah, it's you fun. fucking monsters. Yeah, no, we, we are. We are. I mean, I, I just, I, I just, I, the thing is, uh, I just, I want everybody to get COVID and die. That makes sense. Yeah. That's normal. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, we, uh, I went out with a group of guys from work last night and like went to a bar, we drank, we played pool. Felt kind of normal, and it was fucking fantastic, yeah, man. It was bad. fantastic, um, and I don't, I don't really regret that at all. Good, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't. I did a human thing with human people. Like we, we tried this super hyper responsible thing for a minute, and it didn't work for almost a year. Yeah, for, it's been almost a year. Yeah, I know, I know. It's fucked, dude. It, it didn't work. Didn't work, didn't work, didn't work. Can't yeah, two, st- can't yeah. stress that enough. Yeah, two two weeks of isolation became 52. Right? Yeah. Right? We gave you 50 extra weeks. What the fuck, man? Yeah, we're good. We're yeah. cool. Yeah. Check. Yeah. Um, leave me the fuck alone. Well, and I, it, the thing I do love, though, is, and, and again, I don't remember if we talked about this or not, so if I'm repeating myself, I apologize. Yeah. But uh, what's amazing to me is that, you know, we're a couple weeks into the Biden administration, and all of these places that we're saying we have to be closed are miraculously now. We really need to open up. We really need to do something about getting the economy back on board. I mean, New York's a perfect example. And all the stuff going on with Cuomo, I just thought, I was like, man, that's amazing. It's amazing a difference, you know, a couple of days makes. Yeah, that's all make-believe. Yeah. I love you, though. That's not make-believe. That's real life. What, loving me? Yeah, that's real life. Loving you. And I love, I love, I love my wife very, very much. And I want my wife to be happy and I want to be with her. So, good. there yeah. you go. I want my kids to go to school and be around other kids. Yeah. Like, I, I want your kids to get out of the house. I told, I told my oldest, I was like, dude. I remember my fifth grade year. That was one of the coolest fucking school years ever. Because you're right on the verge. Like, you're still a kid. Right. You're not a teenager yet. You're not really preteen. So things are fucking beautiful for you at that point in time. And you're starting to appreciate it. And uh, my fifth grade year kicked ass, dude. I fucking love that shit. And I was telling him that. And he's like, dude, this fifth grade year has sucked. And I was like, fuck, man. I'm sorry. 
And then, he, you know, he went into detail a little bit. He's like, look, we didn't get to go to school for the first two months. He's like, we did the stupid digital stuff. And now we go to school. We have to wear masks. We don't go to school one day a week. So we're like kind of part-time school. And uh, Does that day make a difference? Everything is I mean, stringent. No, in, it's in, a fucking joke. In, in terms of exposure and spreading... I, I don't know the statistics, right? But it's, it literally does nothing if you take into account the gestation period of the virus. Wow. And we're talking about it. We're talking about it like it kills 50% of the people that get it. Right. It, it doesn't. It doesn't kill 1%. Exactly. So, what the fuck, man? It's crazy. It's fucking bizarre. And I just, I just want to do real life, man. There's a new concert venue that opened up down the road from here. It's yeah. called The Factory. Mm. It looks incredible. Like, it looks like... The pageant, right? Almost, and I'm like, except, except the acoustics won't suck, right? And I'm like, I just want to fucking go to that place. I want to go to that place and be in there. Yeah, I've and experienced seen, that place. I have seen several great bands at the pageant. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a good concert. Yeah, it's not a good concert venue. Yeah, no, I do, I do not care for it. But it's an intimate venue. It, but it's the, it's the it, it's the biggest intimate venue in St. Louis. I That's just, what I would say. But I just found that the sound quality, like I never enjoyed the show. The performances were great, fun, exciting, whatever bands I really really enjoy even to this day. But man, I just it, it never no one sounded good to me in that venue. I think Pops is probably my very favorite venue. Is that the one by the by the strip club? Yeah. Yes, I have been to the Pops and I have enjoyed the Pops. It's uh well it's it's small, but it's it's not small. It's just big enough to have a really nice time. So what do you what do you think you do that bugs the shit out of Tara that she puts up with? Oh dude, I'm prick. I'm prick. I'm a know it all. Um I don't always pick up after myself the way that I should. I will I am obsessive over hobbies, so I will pick a new hobby and just fucking obsess over it. Recently, it was yo-yoing, uh, so I fucking I tunnel visioned on yo-yos. And then for Christmas, I got the kids Commander decks. So then they were like, Dad, you should play Commander with us. So then I fucking started buying all these Magic cards. I got uh. fucking obsessive over that. <laughs> so I'm like hundreds of dollars into yo-yos right now. And nice. hundreds of, oh, dude, they're fucking sick. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> that's very cool but I'm, I'm i've got all these new magic cards too and like i'm like oh this is fun like i'm enjoying this but i also like i have to i have to uh be aware of what's going on and understand that oh hey i still have grown-up things to do right and do grown-up things so that i can continue to make the money to support my shenanigans like you know moving and putting together a studio and stuff like that I, I I am certain that the thing that I do that my wife likes the least is my view of myself, my own sort of self-loathing and low opinion of myself as a person. I'm certain that she hates that above all things. Ha- ha- Habit-wise, it probably annoys her. I, I don't know. I mean, I do a lot of annoying stuff. <laughs> you know, if we were if we were one person, if you and I were one person, we would be like a normal functioning human. We would. Because I have delusions of grandeur and you have just the opposite. That sounds like a healthy functioning person if you put both of them together. <laughs> yeah, it does. It sounds like it would have a, a somebody kind of, that was like fucking level. Yeah, but it, that does that person doesn't exist, Chris, unfortunately. Well, that person's a fucking cunt. I wouldn't like him anyway. <laughs> that person's a cunt. I wouldn't like him anyway. Yeah, yeah. Look, have you have you watched a Robert Downey Jr. interview? 
I have not. It is like watching Iron Man. He's really that guy? I think so. And that's why he's so good at it? That's why he's so good at it. Well, if you look at the role that he played, uh, what was that? There was some movie where he was a fucking attorney and his dad was a judge. I think it was called The Judge. He fucking played Tony Stark, the attorney. Oh, wow. Okay. When you watch him in Sherlock Holmes, he's... 1800 Tony Stark. Yeah, I did not care for those movies. I thoroughly enjoyed them. I think they're cool. I like that character. It's just like Will Ferrell's character. You throw fucking, you know, Ricky Bobby in every movie. It's the same fucking character, but it's fun to see him in new I, environments. I I have to tell you that I don't think that's true. I think that Will Ferrell is very samey in things, but I think that the, he can be distinctly different. I think Ricky Bobby and Anchorman are two clearly different characters. I think they're very similar characters. Very similar. Don't act like you're not impressed. Both of them could use that line interchangeably, and you'd be like, oh, that's Ron Burgundy. Oh, that's Ricky Bobby. Their voices are different. Their voices are different. Their voices are different. Their haircuts are different. Yeah, it's the same character. Character. Their professions are different. It is a character. Their characters' lives are different. You are. One is married. One is not. One has children. You are giving my point credence here because I said. I like seeing the same character in different settings. So you're like, he's in a different setting. No shit. And it's enjoyable. It's his funny. His attitude. He, his attitude. One of them. Okay, they're both adults. You, you, it is the same goddamn character. No, so not. And now, hold on, hold on. Let's look at the one tropics. One of them is a smarmy newsman, and the other one is a race car driver. One of them had the wherewithal to get married and have children. The other one is... Had the wherewithal uh, not to and wear Sex Panther. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The same fucking character. (laughs) It is the same guy in two different settings. I hate you. I hate you so many. Go go watch them. Go rewatch them. What even started this? Go to the archives. What started Um, this rant? We talked about being an ideal person, and I said uh, something about... Watching Robert Downey Jr., he's playing the same oh, character he's, over he's and over again. Himself, right, right. Ryan Reynolds does the same thing. Every character has been Deadpool for the last 25 years for him. Unless he's in a rom-com playing the role of some stupid heartthrob. In which case they give him like four lines because he would manage to Ryan Reynolds it otherwise. Um, there's people that like that's the character that they play. It's typecasting. And uh, makes sense. Like, But you like the fucking arrogant characters. They're funny. There's something. There's some kind of charm about it, and yeah, that's I. Th- I think that's what makes fucking. Uh, that's what makes Robert Downey Jr. Like his charisma scores through the roof. Why? I don't agree with half the shit that the guy does politically and stuff like that. But I'm like, man, you're fucking cool. Yeah, I don't know. I don't see again. I don't. I can't say that I actively avoid information about celebrities, mm-hmm. but I certainly don't pursue it. Um, I, I just don't cons- I just don't know who these people are in their private lives. I don't want to know who they are. So I watched this guy burn out, uh, RDJ. He burnt out of an interview because it was a Avengers age of Ultron interview and it's, they're doing their movie rounds. So that they're, they're meeting yeah. with a bunch of different reporters, asking them about the movie, asking yeah, them about the recording questions. Over yeah. 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 Over so this, boring shit. this fucking, this guy, this, this reporter that shows up is like, Ooh, I'm going to get the RDJ scoop. And he's like, so, you know, do you find something like, 
similarities between this character and yourself because of the drug use and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, what are we doing here, man? He's like, like what, what, what is this? RDJ says this to the reporter. Right. And he's like, oh, it's just an interview. I'm just asking questions. He's like, dude, come on. He's like, you're not asking appropriate questions for this fucking movie tour. So it ends up, RDJ, like the guy does something else like that, and he just gets up and leaves. Like, it takes a fucking pretty, somebody that has a lot of self-worth, that's the nicest way I can say it, to get up and do that. Right. It's ballsy. It is. But he's just like, eh, fuck you, bye. Pulls the fucking mic off and leaves. That's fucking cool. Like, wh- who doesn't want to be that guy that does that when somebody th- upsets them? Everybody wants to fucking do that. So, I, and that's where, but, okay. Was <laughs> was the question petty? Yes. Was it inappropriate? Yes. I, I would love to know the context of the second thing that sent him off the rails. I, I, think, I think it was after this happened once. It shouldn't happen again. And then once something else happened, he's like, you don't need to be interviewing me. Right. So then he left. Right. Fucking more power to him, man. Well, and you have respect. You have respect for the guest that you're talking to. They're providing you with their time, right? Sure, you're mutually promoting something. You know, you're promoting your network. They're promoting their film, whatever. But shit, man, have some goddamn respect. I don't don't know. I'm... I'm a big advocate for nothing's off limits. Like, I I disagree with that. I I think that if two people sit down to have a conversation, mm-hmm. particularly about promoting a film, then the conversation should be relegated to the promotion of that film. If the interview is about you as a person, and we've had the conversation ahead of time that there are no holds barred, then okay. Well, okay. So that's a that is a a common a common theme in journalism right now is bombarding somebody right to try to get a story like they do it to uh Jordan Peterson they did it to um RDJ like uh, that's something that's done quite often there there's this facade ambush journalism yeah yeah, yeah. There, there's this like whole facade that oh this is laid back this is cool we're just going to you know, talk for a few, ask you a few questions, and then they start fucking blasting you. Right. Um, I don't know that is that it is always consciously done. Could you imagine how Chris Holmes felt on the show? <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> we bring this man on, and, like, we're just asking him questions. Right. But fuck, dude, that probably felt like an ambush. Sure, that's a good point. So, like, I don't think it's always on purpose, but, like, I do think that there are times where it's deliberate and maybe a little bit sure. malicious. Well, and I guess that, so, and with Chris, that, with, with that, you're right, that was not fair. But generally, just from my perspective, when I do talk to somebody and interview them, I, I, I want to, or I should say on my show, I, I'll talk to them ahead of the recording before we turn the mics on and everything and to just kind of loosen up and set some ground rules on like, is there anything I can't talk about? <laughs> you are so much more professional than I am because the things that we can't talk about will get brought up. You'll say, you'll say, Oh, I'm not going to talk about that. And then I'll respect it. Once you say, no, we're not going to do that. I'll say, okay. Okay. Yeah. See, that's interesting because I mean, different, uh, uh, different people are going to have different, 
perspectives on subjects. I mean, some people, you know, they they don't mind talking about their gender or their sexuality mm-hmm. or or whatever. I mean, the the thing that I try to avoid is if it doesn't pertain to the topic at hand about the game or game industry, then I don't want well, to that, do that. That is something that's important though. Right. Like if you set parameters, hey, I'm going to interview you about X. Well, that has nothing to do with their personal life. That has to do with Right. However, there are plenty of things in someone's personal life that do impact their professional sure. life. Sure, sure. And and that's where I try to be sensitive to the guest, right? And I think you have to do that. No, you you have to know your audience. So you have to nah, know that I that I don't. No, you have to know who you're in the room with. Oh, sure, sure. Okay, okay I got you. That's what I when I say know your audience, that's what I mean. So know who you're speaking to. And like you have to adapt as you're going through a conversation with somebody. I think that's super important. Right. Like if I don't, if I, because it could become uncomfortable and sure. I don't want that. Yeah. And and of course, I mean, certainly, I mean, if you listen to, if you listen to episodes, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take a different tack with a different person because every relationship is unique and has to be managed differently. I guess that's our, that's our word of wisdom, Chris. Manage relationships uniquely well that that every every you every relationship is unique, is unique okay and requires special sp- attention spe- specific specific technique to manage Ooh. that relationship you know it, it, it takes it, the relationship that you and i have is different than i have with any of my other friends right the relationship that my buddy anthony and i have is different than any other relationship so that uniqueness requires attention and focus if you're going to make it work. Do you think there are several different... I know we're getting low no, on time. No, take your time, man. Do you think there are several different... Because um, I can't I can't imagine there's a lot, okay? Mm-hmm. A lot of different techniques that are implied or that are implemented in relationships. No, I think personalities are... I think personalities are like plots, right? Okay. I, I think there are only so many of them, right? It's like... It's like it's like his, it's like Mexican food. There are so many ingredients, and there are significantly greater number of dishes that are made from those ingredients. I think our personalities are similar. Yes, we are all unique in our upbringing and our experiences, interests, etc. But there are you know type A personalities, type B personalities. There are a variety of different charts. You well, you're you're an extroverted introvert. Blah blah blah. There's tons of tests you can take. There are certainly things that I would say and do with you that I would say and do with other friends because we have a similar relationship. Although it's not drag and drop. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But yeah, I guess I guess my question was how many of those exist within one individual? How many of those? This is how this relationship goes. Does that make sense? Sure. I, 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 I'm trying to I condense it. I yeah, suppose I, I don't know. I mean, I have I have friends that. I don't introduce to other friends because I am confident that they would not get along. Um, I don't know if I'm, if it's right or if it's fair. I just, you know, I, I try to pay attention to people's, you know, idiosyncrasies and try to figure out who's vinegar and who's water and not have a mix. You know, what's so funny about that. If I enjoy you being in my presence, then you can be around anyone that I like. Like, I have friends that I know would not get along. I have absolutely mixed friends that don't go together, but I don't care either. Really? Yeah. I don't want to fucking deal with it. Yeah, it's 
I don't want to. I don't want to deal with the stress of trying to. I just don't want to deal with. If it. you can't get along with somebody, that's not my fucking fault. I enjoy spending time with you. My time is finite, so any chance that I get to spend with you and spend with this other person, maybe I'm going to do that. You need to hang out with less coke-addled salespeople and hang out more with creative nerds. That's what I need. Yeah. Why? Because then you'd understand my perspective. And no, no, why. no. I, I understand it because I here. So most sales guys are fucking type A personalities. Um, I have, and they, they tend to lean conservative. If you're looking at like political affiliations, uh, so I had one of those get around one of my creative friends, and it was like fucking. It was oil and vinegar, right? Um, but it was awesome. It was fucking awesome, and. I was excited that it had happened. Yeah, see, I just, I don't know. I just don't want to deal with it. I don't care. I don't want to deal with it. Dude, that guy's a fucking dick. Say it, dude. If I don't like somebody, I, I, so I played video games with a friend of mine, and he had some friend play with us. I was like, that guy fucking sucked, and all he did was bitch. I don't want to play with him again. Kick ass. Good for you. Um, But I would expect the same. Like, if they if their friend didn't like me and was like, that guy did nothing but bitch and fucking he wasn't very good, then fucking don't play with me again. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm that way in a, in a D&D game that I play in currently where I'm, I'm the guy that nobody likes and I don't understand why they keep having me back. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm like, why am I, you guys, I don't want to be here. You guys don't want me to be here. Why am I here? You're a fixture. You're like a piece of furniture at that point. I don't know. You have to be I, in the room. No. You don't have a kitchen a dining room without a dining room table. That's what it is. Yeah. You are a table, sir. Yeah, I don't I don't know what it is. I'm I'm I mean, I'm I'm obviously overblowing the You're whole You're definitely situation. overblowing it. Yeah. Because they would ask you not to come back. No. But yeah, I just wanted to know how many like it, I I think of it as like a character. So how many characters can you drop in like how many characters does one individual have that they drop into new scenarios? Mm-hmm. That's something that I thought. There are only so many plots, there are only so many stories, there are only so many personalities and motivations. Yeah. So how do we choose to drag and drop them? I don't. It's I, so fucking weird. I choose to accept that you're all special and unique. And love you all equally.